There are some compelling reasons for adding a little hospitality in your portfolio, and there may be some interesting options to publicly traded hotel stocks. So what are those compelling reasons and interesting options? You're about to find out coming up on this edition of Your Money Manual with Vince Annable. And now here's the host of Your Money Manual, the CEO of Wealth Strategies Advisory Group and creator of the Household Endowment Model, Vince Annable. Hey, welcome to another edition of Your Money Manual, the educational show designed around the fact that when it comes to investing, your money doesn't come with instructions. Our goal is to provide you with some valuable information from industry experts to help you with your investment decisions. Today's guest, Greg Friedman, Managing Principal and CEO of Peachtree Hotel Group. Greg has more than 17 years hospitality experience with an emphasis on deal structure and financing. He has successfully led Peachtree in more than $1 billion, that's with a B, dollars in hotel acquisitions, investments, development, since co-founding the company with Mattel Patel and Jotten Desai. Peachtree is based in Atlanta, Georgia. And Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, Vince. I appreciate that. Full disclosure here, I am also a personal investor with Peachtree Hotel Group. Greg, as you know, our household endowment model has included your strategy in our model, and it has proven to be a great decision. Please explain your strategy of value add. What makes this sector so attractive today? Sure. And, you know, again, thank you, Vince, for allowing us to be on the show. And we appreciate, you know, your investment with us. But, you know, going back to the value add strategy, you know, what really, you know, makes this, um, you know, attractive and, um, and and really the strategy itself, you know, our focus on value add is centered around us acquiring hotels where we can drive, really create value by implementing, you know, renovation plans, upbranding or rebranding the hotel to a stronger, you know, franchise or, you know, a stronger, you know, brand. Um, within you know these different franchise systems, or leveraging our you know property management platform, where we can drive you know revenues at the individual properties by having a more active revenue management strategy, or you know and or having a more active um, localized sales efforts, coupled with controlling expenses at the individual properties without you know impacting the guest experience. And ultimately, you know the the value add strategy is um, you know it's it's one of these strategies that can just drive a lot of, um, or create a lot of, you know, returns on the investment side. And that's part of the reason we really like the strategy. And it seems, uh, from my experience, the value add is attractive because basically you're able to come into a hotel, uh, you're vertically integrated, you're able to improve a lot of the operating system, make a few improvements uh, to the grounds, the rooms, etc., and create more NOI and actually creates more value. And you actually have people that want to start buying the hotels shortly after you've made all those improvements from what I've seen. Exactly. That's, and that's, you know, that's part of the, you know, the benefit of the strategy that it creates more of a, you know, short-term ability to go in and, um, you know, take, take advantage of some inefficiencies that may exist at that hotel at the time that we purchase it. And really optimize the performance of the, you know, those hotels, and you know, be able to, you know, reap the benefits of it when we, you know, end up selling that property, you know, typically three to five years later. 
Sure. So what are the most important metrics you look at when you consider a hotel property? Sure. So there's, you know, multiple, you know, metrics that, you know, are critical when we're underwriting, you know, different, you know, potential investments. Um, in most cases, probably the most critical ones to us are the brands, the location, you know, the quality of the box and our ultimate basis. And, there, you know, we typically prefer, you know, just in the reason brands are so critical to us is that, you know, we typically prefer these premium brands, which are, you know, the Marriott and Hilton type franchise systems or brands that we're focused on, you know, investing into. And part of the reason, you know, we prefer these brands is because they have the strongest retail distribution channels. Um, they also have, you know, they have really strong investor interests. So when we're looking to, you know, sell these properties, we tend, um, once we've, you know, created the value, we tend to be able to trade at, you know, higher multiples of cash flows or higher multiples of NOI compared to, you know, other brands that aren't as, you know, strong as Marriott and Hilton. Um, the other, you know, factor, you know, being location. Um, you know, most people, you know, probably when you think of location, you're thinking of having like that A plus location within a submarket. And that is, you know, critical to a certain point. We want to be well located near a lot of the supporting services, you know, within a submarket. But probably even more critical is the ultimate, you know, demand drivers in that submarket and what's, um, you know, what's really driving demand. And so we've spent a lot of time underwriting the sustainability of those demand drivers and making sure we have multiple diverse demand drivers in most cases, as well as we want to see, you know, when we say sustainability, we want to make sure that we have demand drivers that, um, you know, when times are good, they're going to be producing demand, but also when, you know, the economy starts to slow down, we want to see that there's um, the ability that those demand drivers are still going to be producing at, um, at you know, robust levels so that, you know, the occupancy of our, our hotels won't, you know, fall off a cliff. Also, you know, when we say, um, you know, just looking at the quality of the boxes, you know, part of the reason that's critical for us, um, we want to, you know, have really well-built hotels. So when we're looking to sell these properties, um, you know, we can, you know, most institutional buyers, you know, they're very picky on the type of assets they're going to buy, you know, when they buy in our space and they want to make sure that, you know, the hotel itself is of the right quality. And so that's critical for us in order to maximize um, the gain that we have when we sell the assets so we can you know really attract a lot of the institutional buyers that tend to pay up a little bit more than um, you know pay more than you know the the local groups. And then you know finally, um, you know when we say that we want to be you know basis is critical to us, we tend to want to be at a discount to you know replacement costs. Um, so we tend to want to be you know, no higher than replacement costs when we're acquiring, you know, acquiring an asset, but probably even more critical is looking at the historical trades within a submarket. And we want to make sure that, you know, when we underwrite these investments, we're not, you know, basically setting new high watermarks within these submarkets. We tend to want to buy at or below the historical trades for comparable hotels within that submarket. And I've noticed that you like limited service, select service. That seems to be a very key part of your strategy. So why do you like limited service and select service? These hotels tend to be more resilient throughout the cycles. So, you know, the, the select service, limited service hotels, you'll find that most guests will end up, you know, trading, you know, down to these properties when there is an economic recession because of the great value that these hotels provide, because in most cases, a lot of these flex service and limited service hotels offer, you know, a lot of free amenities, you know, such as like free breakfasts and free Wi-Fi. Um, so they benefit, you know, from that perspective. 
The other part is, you know, just the staffing of these hotels. You know, when the business starts to slow down, you're able to, um, you know, size down your staffing accordingly so you can actually, you know, control expenses and, and not have as, you know, large of an impact on your NOI if, you know, business isn't producing at the levels that you once were producing at. Ultimately, um, your NOI tends to be a little bit less impacted, and that's part of the reason we love, you know, the select service, limited service model, just given there's a lot of, you know, in our eyes, a lot of downside protection. You've proven there's a awful lot of opportunity in hospitality uh, with what you guys have done historically. What's your outlook right now in the near term for the hospitality sector? In the near term, we feel like, you know, the hospitality sector is in a really good place. So if you look at just the, you know, metrics, um, you look at just from a standpoint of demand uh, for hotel rooms and, you know, the ability to gain um, some additional ADR, we think, you know, we believe even though there's been, you know, some new supply opening in, you know, many markets, and this is me speaking on a macro level because, you know, not all markets are equal, but in most markets, you know, you're finding that you're still able to, you know, maintain your occupancies levels as well as, you know, drive some additional average daily rates. Um, so or drive your you know rate that you're charging to the customer, which is helping you know drive some profitability. Uh, but the reality is is you know we believe when you again you look on a macro level, you know we feel like we're heading towards the peak of the current cycle. Uh, but there's still you know we still see a lot of you know gr- good opportunities. Um, we're finding a lot of great opportunities in you know many cases too. But it's you know the other factor is this cycle. You know up until this point we haven't had as much supply growth compared to some previous cycles. So we feel like when there is a pullback um, in the economy at some point in the future, you know, we feel like the, you know, the it's not going to be as you know steep compared to the you know the last downturn for lodging. So we feel like it's um, you know overall we feel like you know hotels are in a good place today, and you know, we're being very you know defensive when we're making potential acquisitions or working on potential development deals, just given you know where we are in the current cycle. Well, with uh, a lot of the listeners looking for some instructions on investing their money, from an investor's perspective, what is it about this category of hotels that's so appealing? I believe most investors are attracted, you know, based on the return potential relative to the risk of the investment. You know, also believe a lot of the investors can really relate and understand our industry just because so many of them are actually um, guests at our hotels, you know, at the t- at type of hotels that we operate, you know, own and develop. And so we, you know, I find that many, um, you know, many, you know, investors and individuals can really understand and sort of appreciate um, the benefits of, the, you know, of our business. And I think more importantly, um, you know, once they see, you know, the return potentials, I think that's, you know, very beneficial for them. Well, that was a great explanation on hospitality because it is such a varied sector. There's so many different classes of hotels within the entire hospitality sector. Thanks so much for that, Greg. And Greg Friedman, thanks so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom. Enjoyed uh, your educational session today, if you will, on hospitality. Really look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Vince. And I really appreciate the time and look forward to catching up soon in person. For more information on how alternative investments like value-add hotels may be able to help you and your portfolio withstand some of the shocks we often experience due to the volatile equities markets, click over to the householdendowmentmodel.com where you can sign up for our white papers. Also, when you sign up, you'll be the first to get details about the release of my new upcoming book, 
the household endowment model, wealth planning for affluent families. For your present wealth management questions and needs, you can give us a call at Wealth Strategies Advisory Group, 888-635-9724. You can also visit the website, wsagaz.com. If you're listening to this podcast on Star Worldwide Network, simply click the button labeled the website, go directly to the listener page that exists just for you. Thanks very much all for listening. We'll talk to you again on the next edition of Your Money Manual. As always, we hope you enjoyed this edition of Your Money Manual with Vince Annable and today's guest, Greg Friedman. Be sure to connect with us and follow us at Wealth Strategies Advisory Group and the Household Endowment Model on Facebook and LinkedIn. Your Money Manual is part of the Star Worldwide Networks and is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast channels. So tell your friends to look for us wherever they get their podcasts. This program has been presented for the education of our listeners only and is not intended as investment advice, nor is it intended as a solicitation of investment products or services of any kind. We encourage you to seek the advice of a licensed professional financial advisor before making any investment decisions.